You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 361. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 361. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, sweet lady. Are you? <laughs> I'm your sweet lady. Hello, sweet lady. <laughs> oh, Princess Bride. Remember that? Yeah. Princess Bride? That, Great show. That's a classic. We should watch that. So I clearly can't drink a glass in front of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're a good parrot. You're, you're uh, inconceivable. I'm inconceivable. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a little throwback <laughs> for any good Gen Xers out there listening in. Right. So today we are going to be talking about happiness and six things that you can do or that you really should address in order to live a really happy life. Mm. And I think this will be sort of a, a broader scope of some of the stuff we've talked about in depth on the show. And then we can certainly link to some additional resources for you all that might be helpful to dig a little bit deeper. But in the spirit of happiness. In the spirit. And frivolity and hilarity. Mm. We should probably pass it over to you for a minute. Oh, of course. Yes. For our little segment, we like to call... Would you rather... If your life depended on it, would you rather have to keep a hula hoop going for five minutes without stopping? Okay. Or have to pogo stick for 100 yards without stopping or falling? Oh, for sure a hula hoop. Now, I'm going to say, because I know this is going to come up, does the hula hoop have to be around your waist? Yes, it does. Like you could just have it going around your arm. Okay, okay. It has to be around your waist. Okay. I love how angry you are at the loopholers. Already I got you loopholers. <laughs> Already pissed. Already I got you. Okay. Well, for sure, hula hoop. Although, I have a, I had a lot of hula hoop confidence, I'll be honest, because <laughs> there, there are these certain things that I was really good at in the 80s. One of them was roller skating, and one of them- <laughs> You had a lot of rollerblading confidence. I remember this story. No, not rollerblading. Roller skating. Roller skating, yes, yes, excuse me. My brother's rollerblading. <laughs> Not rollerblading. No, no, no. Four wheels on Old one school. foot. Four four wheels on one foot. Well, I guess rollerblades are that way too. They're just in a line. They're in line, yeah. One was that and one was hula hooping. Now, I don't know if everybody else has this. Well, you probably do too, but I have this thing where it doesn't register to me that it's like, I don't know, 30 years later. <laughs> yeah, I do have that. 35 sure. years later, and I'm like, oh, I can hula hoop. Yeah, I, I've been hula hooping for years. <laughs> like, confident 10-year-old Amy is like, give yeah. me that hoop, though. <laughs> Let me see that hoop. But what about a pogo stick? Okay, pogo stick. Do you remember pogo balls? Do yes. You, do you remember those? I do. I think we had one of those. It there was, was a pogo ball episode on South Park. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it wasn't exactly a pogo ball. It was Stan's dad wanted uh, marijuana. Um, oh, and his nuts got fixed. License, so he got testicular cancer, and they got huge. Okay, no, no. Yeah, sorry, I Segway. know what I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of those balls that you hold onto and yeah, put that's your not legs a pogo on. Ball? No, 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 no. This was it, it, Google it right now, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It looked like a little. It looked like Saturn, the planet Saturn. <laughs> and so it was a ball that was about the size of a soccer ball. There's the, a pogo ball league, by the way. Is there really? Yeah. I see now. I see. And then you put your foot on the platform. You have no handles. You have no handles. And you would just have to hold it tightly with your inner well, thigh muscles? Well, here's one. Here's one called a slacker board that has handles. You're a slacker board. Well, you're a slacker if you need your hands. Okay. So I couldn't master the pogo ball. That's a tough one, though. At that... least you have your hands to help you with a pogo stick. But I, I can just see myself falling straight forward. Like, yeah. I don't trust my agility. Your life depends on this. Yeah. If my life depends on it, I feel like I could get some some hip action going. If I, I have to go 100 yards on the pogo stick? Yeah. It's a long way. Five minutes with a hula hoop is a long time, too. It is. that is, It's decent. I mean, it seems like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but once you get but started, I also you're like, feel I've been going forever. It's like 30 seconds. I feel like I could dip back down and pull it back up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Get it around the around the bra line for a minute. I could get it up. I used to be able to do all of that. I used to do it around my knees, around each foot. Like I could do all these. Oh, the but skip. like I said again, three fucking decades ago. Yes, very different. Yeah. So my, I'm gonna go with the pogo. Are you really? I feel like you could be really agile on that. The I'm not very good with a hula hoop. Believe it or not. Uh, exactly. Believe it or not. <laughs> I believe it so much. <laughs> I'm not good at that. But with a pogo stick, I could probably get away with 100 yards of pogo stick. I feel like there's something To save with, my life, I'm going pogo. With your BMX biking and, like, putting your feet on the pegs and, like, yeah. sw- like putting- You should do tricks and things do, like that. Yeah, swinging the bike around yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's pogo-ish. Yeah. It's that, got that, pogo it, tendencies. It has pogo tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag pogo tendencies. Let's make that trend. Make that trend, people. Make <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So we would love to hear. So you're going pogo stick. That is so ambitious. And I'm going to go. I feel like that's ambitious. I feel like I tried this recently even. I tried it. A hula Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Things oh, have changed. Yeah. <laughs> that seems familiar. Anyway. Yeah. So right. we, we would love to hear what you would rather. We'd love to hear your reasoning behind it. I know mm-hmm. people. There's got to be people out there who remember that pogo ball. It, yeah. it had to have been like mm, mid 80s, I'm thinking. Oh, for sure. Late 80s. Yeah. Would love to hear if anybody ha- remembers that. And we talk about it every single week over in our after hours community. After hours. Oh, a little late on that one. I wasn't. I was swallowing. Oh, oh. And I couldn't get to it. You were right. You were in your trailer. I, you weren't ready. <laughs> I was in my trailer drinking. You were reviewing lines in your trailer. Well, I'm so glad you decided to join us. Reviewing my one line. <laughs> you're, you're, mm. How does it go again? Okay, how does What's it go? What's my motivation? After, 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 after. After hours, no. No, that's not after, it. after, <laughs> after. <laughs> after hours. There it is. Okay, so what we have to tell you about after hours. Jesus Christ. 
is that it is our Facebook group that we share with all of the other listeners of the show who have decided to join us over there. And it's such a great communal camaraderie environment. And every Monday we talk about the Would You Rather from the episode that just aired. And it's really fun to hear everybody's perspective and why they chose what they chose and it's always a good time. I run a very tight ship so you won't get a bunch of people selling you shit. Or it's, I mean, it's a very connected, supportive, beautiful group. And then I do bonus trainings in there. It's the tightest ship in the coaching business. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> I don't know how to process that right now. But <laughs> Okay. I feel like that's inappropriate, but yeah, I there's, I there's a metaphor. I'm there not somewhere, totally I'm not sure, sure why where, where you're going. With I just that, know I'm uncomfortable. I, I know that that made me uncomfortable. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> None present. None, none whatsoever. All right. So if you want to come join us, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That will redirect you right over to our little corner of Facebook. Come say hi, hang out. We do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays. It's a blast. Yeah. Mr. Smith cracks down on any loopholers. The loopholers. So don't even try to bring yeah. that shit up you know in the club. You, you know who you are. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about these six things that you must address in order to live a happy life. I had a conversation with my brother many, many years ago, and he was going through a really rough time. Things were really tumultuous, and he asked me, what do you think the key is to happiness? What do you think that is? And I said, in my very coaching way, I said, well, <laughs> I think it's about knowing what your life purpose is. You know, what is your big why, your whole reason for being on this earth and living in accordance with that life purpose and having a solid understanding of your core values and living in alignment with your core values. Hmm. Now, values are something that I don't talk about extensively on the show. There's a handful of things that I don't dig into here that I really only leave for my deep down and dirty students and clients. Right, which where, is the only way you work with people, right? It, that's right. Hmm. And thank you. You're so cute with your – that's another good line, <laughs> Mr. Smith. Practice that one. Practice that line? Yeah. yeah. So I'll be in my trailer. That's the only way you work with people, right? <laughs> That's the only way you work with people, right? Keep workshopping it. Okay, okay. okay. Keep workshopping it. it. I'll work on it. Yeah. <laughs> Explore your motivation. So <laughs> we can't do that all show, though, because I'm going to lose, totally lose my train of thought. I know, I know. But I do appreciate where your head's at. Trademark pending. So, wow. Number one is living in alignment with your values. So one of the reasons why I don't dig into it as much on the show is because I think that it warrants a lot deeper involvement and deeper work with somebody you can bounce things off of and nail things down. It just needs a little more guidance, I feel, yeah, yeah. than just like a quick consuming of a podcast. Sure. I feel the same way about beliefs. So, so I don't dig into beliefs as much on the show, but values the way that I describe them are elements that must be present in your life in order for you to be fulfilled. A lot of times we think of core values as kindness, compassion, love, you know, like 
I don't know, almost character traits that we are trying to embody, I don't think of them as necessarily character traits. I think of them as just straight up elements that have to be present. Mm. So for example, you, if you are a super creative spirit, it's likely that you have a very strong value around creativity. Okay, that makes right? sense. One of the ways to check this is if we were to remove this element from your life, remove creativity, would you be significantly less fulfilled? Would you be significantly less happy? A lot of times when we use the word fulfillment, it's it's synonymous with happiness it, or yeah. it can be used inter, uh, interchangeably. So if you think about, you know, I have a very strong value around achievement or around productivity or around music. I know you have one around strategy. Strategy yeah. genuinely, no matter what it is, <laughs> any type of strategy. What were we talking about today that you were like, oh, it was – <laughs> we were talking about which route. There's two main routes to go to get back to our home. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I just feel like that one's faster. <laughs> and and it, there's this whole strategy in getting, being the most efficient. There might even be one around efficiency. I don't know. Yeah. But there, we all have these different components that have to be present in our life in order for us to be our most happy self. So usually what can happen if you are looking around in your life and you're not that happy or you're not that fulfilled, it's likely that there is a value that's getting stepped on. And I had this situation happen to me many, many years ago, well over a decade ago. I was working with a coach and she said, you know, let's just kind of check in on your values because I was kind of in a slump. I was kind of feeling like I was in a funk and not really that happy. And so she, we just kind of went through some of them. And I said, oh, I really love order and organization, um, productivity, accuracy and precision, health and wellness, honesty and integrity, creativity, right? Like listing out all of my values, the various work I've done on them. And then I started looking and I was like, oh, wow, I'm not honoring my value around health and wellness at all. I wasn't working out. I was being really cavalier about what I was putting in my body and my system. So that was missing. There was no creative force in my life. Like I wasn't, hmm. I, I need something that I'm working on. Like right now yeah. I'm doing a cross stitch thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like a good middle-aged woman. I'm doing, I've picked up cross stitching. You're doing a cross stitch of Hooters. I am. It's, mm -hmm. we like to call them Houdinis. They're three owls. <laughs> That's right. I know what you were thinking, people. That's right. Get your mind out of the gutter. That's right. He meant to say three Houdinis. Houdinis, yeah. But we've been joking about. <laughs> was it on the show that you were like, I thought you said CrossFit. You, uh, you were talking about, I thought you were, you were making a statement and you said, I really think I want to get into Cross Stitch. <laughs> and you thought it was good. I for sure thought I was like, oh my God, CrossFit's coming out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. I was like, no way. And then then I was like, no, I don't need to be hurling tires around <laughs> and like I have zero interest in exercising where there's not some kind of air conditioning. Mm. It like I don't I don't need to be a fucking hero and sweat none of that. Oh, uh, there's something good about sweating though. About that kind of sweat. But I would rather sweat separately, like in a sauna. <laughs> Sweating is its own activity. Exactly. Not exercise. 
That's hilarious. I also feel like I can do so much more exercise <laughs> if I'm not depleted. Uh, well, I digress. Uh, wow. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't honoring my health and wellness. I wasn't honoring creativity. Like right now I'm doing cross-stitch like I was saying. But it has to – even if it's working on a Halloween costume or doing a new design for my business, you know, some sort of creative project, I need to be in creation in order to be fulfilled. Mm. All of those things, you can start to kind of look around and go, gosh, if I really value music or if I really value accomplishment or philanthropy, giving back uh, – and you're not doing those things, that's probably one of the reasons why you're not feeling as content and as happy. Sure. So I would start by one of the the tools that I use in Deep Down and Dirty that we talk about is looking at all of the things that really, really piss you off, that make you so angry. Because most of the time, if there's something that, that angers you, the opposite is probably a value. Hmm. So for example, if you look at some of the stuff you're really pissed about with in politics, let's say, if you look at the opposite of it, what you might really value is respect, self-awareness, giving back to your fellow man, Mm -hmm. uh, equity, equality. There could be a value there that's the reason why you're pissed is you value something that's getting stepped on. Mm, but okay. you you can there's a whole litany of ways to find your values, but I want to just throw out that because it's usually one of our easier access points of like no wonder when my boss micromanages me and nitpicks me, oh wow, that must be because I have a value around freedom or around autonomy or around independence and when they are nitpicking me it makes me feel stifled and incapable. Sure. Okay. So you can start to nail down some of your values. And yeah. then you can start looking at living in alignment with them. Yeah. And and the very easy way to do that is to just give it a ranking. Like let's say you have a value around freedom. How much am I honoring that? Maybe a five. Oh, okay. On a one to ten scale, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Zero being not honoring it at all. Ten being honoring it to its f- fullest. What would make it a six if you Mm. ranked yourself at a five? Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That might be, you know what? I'm just going to go take my bike out and let the wind blow in my hair, and that makes me feel incredibly free. I like that. So it can be very, very small steps, but acknowledging what those things are in your life that contribute to your happiness and then making sure that those are a part of your life. Mm. Another thing that you can do to help you kind of distinguish values kind of in a rudimentary way, but it can be very helpful, is to look back at other periods of your life, other chapters or seasons where you were extremely happy and look at what are the components that were surrounding me at the time. Right. Was it a lot of social interaction? Was I doing something I was passionate about? Was I with somebody who was super supportive? Like what were what are the components that surrounded that chapter and then you can start hunting for your values around around there. But I want you to give yourself the freedom that it doesn't have to be noble. Thing. Like th- we think of values as being, oh, they have to be noble and honorable. It, not necessarily. A lot of them will be. 
but it's more so about does this bring me happiness? Does this bring me fulfillment? Like for you, strategy. That's not like, oh, wow, good for you. You're so kind (laughs) and compassionate or honest. No, it's just this thing brings me so much happiness. Right. Yeah. Right? I have a value around adornment and decoration. That's not necessarily noble. Some people would say that's vain, but it brings me so much happiness. Every notebook, every phone container, you know, or phone case, Everything in my life has to be decorated. My glasses. (laughs) I say oftentimes that leopard print is my neutral. (laughs) (laughs) Animal print are my neutrals. That's true. Those are my neutrals. Please. So that is something to consider is it's not necessarily about being noble. It's about do these things make me happy? All right. So number two, getting out of autopilot mode. This is one of the biggest pieces I think we've been grappling with during quarantine is it's been so easy for everyone to fall into a rut. We're not as easy, easily able to distinguish the difference between I'm at work and now I'm at home. Yeah. And so sometimes for many of you out there, if you've started working from home, because your your bosses aren't seeing the litany of work that you're doing, They're like, add this, add this, add this. I've heard from a lot of people that they feel like they're carrying even more weight Mm. working from home. It hasn't created a huge element of freedom. But in doing that, we then blur the lines of when we're off. Right. And then we stay working till all hours. And then our bosses think that we can do so much more. And then they give you so much more. Then you get into these habits and these ruts with your kids or with your spouse. We've been talking about that a little bit today or the lately too about ruts that we've fallen into and how do we want to shake those up how do we want to change them yeah. and the role that quarantine has played in that for sure that it it makes it easier because it, sure it makes does. it less easy to make plans or really to go do things so getting out of autopilot mode and Letting go of tending to the emergencies that don't align with your values, that don't align with the things that matter most to you or that contribute to your happiness. So I think looking at are there things that you need to eliminate from that autopilot mode? You know, do I need to let go of drinking every night or do I need to let go of sleeping in too late or whatever else it might be? that's contributing to fatigue or, you know, just kind of that low-grade malaise that a lot of people have been feeling. Melancholy. Yeah, exactly. Or are there things that I need to add? So it's kind of like that keep, stop, start mentality of what are the things that I'm doing that I want to keep? Mm. What are the things I need to stop doing? that are not helpful to this kind of zoned out autopilot? And then what are the things that I need to start? What do I need to implement? And all of you out there who are recovering perfectionists, do not create an hour-long morning ritual and an hour-long nighttime ritual. That No, just do things that are going to help break you out of that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. But one of the things that we've talked about before on the show is – 
is to just switch things up a little bit. What we used to do ages ago is we would sleep a different direction on the bed every night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. That was a lot of fun. We'd be like, just should we put our heads here? Should we go diagonal? Should we what what should we do? Drive a different way to work. When you are making your breakfast, make that a little differently. When you are taking a shower, start on a different body part. Brush with your left hand instead of your right or vice versa. Brilliant. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily try something that's going to be super cumbersome, like try typing with your teeth all day instead of your hands, you know. Or curl your hair. Yeah. With your with the opposite hand. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would be a challenge. <laughs> be dangerous. Yeah. I, you know, there's a ton of stuff that you can do with that. So even just switching up your morning routine, switching up the mm. way that you're going to work, switching what you always do. Like listening to music, switch to podcasts or... Yes. Something like that. Yeah. I I, see what you're saying. I had found myself getting stuck in always playing like this dumb game on my phone. (laughs) They're all dumb games. They're all dumb games. And they're so addicting and they're like programmed to be addicting. Oh, for sure. But since I started CrossFit, (laughs) (laughs) CrossStitch. CrossStitch. It gave me something different to kind of break up that rut, break up that melancholy. So now I'm actively honoring a value of creativity Mm. and I'm doing something different with my time. It's we're going to put it up in the house. So it's fun. And I'll alternate that. Sometimes I'll bust out my gel pens and do some coloring. But just look at what are some of the, the ritualistic things that I've been doing that I could shake up a little bit. All right. Okay. So that's number two. Number three, stop talking shit to yourself. Mm. Now, we are definitely going to be linking to another pod around this, silencing your inner shit talker, dealing with that that inner critic. But one of the biggest pieces of personal development is that constant inner narrative. And I remember teaching a retreat at one point, and, you know, there's all this inundation of new material and everyone's kind of overwhelmed because you're doing so much stuff in just like three days. And one of the gals said, you know, what is it that like if you could distill down, is there one thing that I need to be really hyper vigilant about when I go home? And I said, without a shadow of a doubt, self-talk. Without a shadow of a doubt. Because if you think about it, you could be listening to this podcast for what, 30, 40 minutes. Great. What are you doing the rest of your fucking day? Yeah. What is happening when you're going to sleep? And you're having a hard time going to sleep because there's nonstop chatter happening in your mind. Sure. What happens when you drop your kid off at school and, well, you may not be doing that these days. (laughs) What happens when you see another parent out with their kid and you get highly triggered because they have fancy handmade masks or some shit and you start going into, I'm not a good enough parent. I don't I don't want to do crafts. I don't want to whatever. What happens when you look in the mirror? What are you saying to yourself about your physicality, your physical body? Mm. Those conversations that are happening in your mind are inescapable. We are going to have them all the time. Sure. No matter what. No matter how many books you read. No matter what. However, you have the power to control that narrative. Now, if you are newer to this whole concept... Trying to tell yourself I'm beautiful or I am enough or I can have everything I desire is going to feel like a big fucking lie. So what I would love for you to start doing is catching all of those moments when you're talking shit to yourself, when you're saying something 
disempowering. And it's almost as though it's another friend or a family member or someone you don't totally get along with. And they it's like they chime in with mean shit. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of personify them as something outside of yourself, then you can retort like you're talking to somebody. And right. you can say something as simple as, that was not helpful. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like yelling at them or whatever. Yeah. Right. Getting in an all out brawl. Which but, is sometimes okay too. True. Yeah. One of our favorites from T. Harv Ecker is cancel, cancel. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I I heard that and cancel that. We do not want that to sink into the subconscious. But what happens when we talk to ourselves is there's no stopping point. There's Mm. no delineation between that was empowering or that was not empowering. So it's up to us to go, whoa, that was rude. That was mean. Not helpful. Stop. You know, something as simple as not listening, not going down that path, not acceptable. It's interesting. I was just thinking like, you know how people say, I just don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. This is probably kind of where the seat is, is all of our voices are telling us what to do and we can't even distinguish which voice is ours. That's right. And that that is something that I work with people a lot in Deep Down and Dirty, which, mm. as you so aptly mentioned at the top of the show, <laughs> is my signature program that I take women through. And we go for about four months because a lot of it is this reconditioning process. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is I see a lot of people who start off with exactly what you're talking about, who I am supposed to be, all the shoulds that, you know, my family thought I should be this way. My partner thought I should be this way. I always thought if I achieved or if I was perfect or if everybody loved me, then I would somehow have some value. So it's Hmm. sort of this perpetual chase outside of yourself. Right. So they start off very convoluted. And it's the way I describe it is it's almost like you've gone into a room that you never wanted to look in and it's just stacked with a bunch of shit. And you're so overwhelmed because you've got like mom issues over here and you've got sex issues over here and you've got religion issues over here. And you're like, how am I? I don't even know what I believe. I don't know who I am. I don't know what And slowly but surely, we start cleaning out that room. Nice. And a great analogy. And it's really empowering to watch people. So sort of what we do is we go through dismantling all the shit that's not working, breaking free from a lot of these negative uh, belief systems, dealing with inner critic stuff for sure. We jump into that right away in weeks one, one and two. And then we go through the middle portion, which is a lot more like core values, defining who you are, what your Mm. identity is about. So that's Mm. when people start shifting and getting – when you're out of this place of feeling so shitty about yourself all the time, then you kind of go, okay, but now who am I though? Right. And that's so fun because you're starting to go, oh, no, I do care about this. No, I do love this. And then that leads to the next portion, which is standing the fuck up for yourself. Mm. Because not only have you eliminated all of this bullshit that's happening in your mind, all these attachments to negative beliefs, you've let go of that. Now you've defined who the fuck you are. So now you can stand in that and you can establish boundaries and you can decline things. You can start saying no. You can have tough conversations. Because you're so bolstered by your own awesomeness. So it's like cleaning out that room and then interior designing it the way you like it. Exactly. Right? It's exactly right. Oh, you feel so smug that I you do. came up with that. Like that one? <laughs> I could see that on you your face. That? You see how I did that? Yes. And so what <laughs> happens then is 
throughout the rest of your life, you might have a little pile that starts to build up on one side, but it's never overwhelming like that entire messy room that we've been ignoring forever. So then you can clean that shit up. You do some maintenance, maybe hang up a new picture or something like that, and, and you're good to go. So if you're interested in that and you're going, oh my God, I need to change my relationship with myself. I need to figure out what it truly means to be happy. Because spoiler alert, most of the time when you're not happy, you don't believe that you are valuable. You don't believe that you're enough (laughs) because nothing around you will be enough. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of times you can use those almost interchangeably of I'm just not happy. I'm just not enough. Sure. A lot of times those will be very much in tandem. Uh So if you're interested, I created a workshop that talks all about Deep Down and Dirty and the work that I do and how it's different than a lot of other programs. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Have a watch through that. Have a pen and paper handy. There will be a opportunity at the very end of that to book a call with a member of my team to discuss what you're dealing with and to see if Deep Down and Dirty is just the right ass kicking for you. <laughs> Perfect. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. All right. So quickly revisiting number one, living in alignment with your values. Number two, getting out of that autopilot mode. Number three, stop talking shit to yourself. And again, we'll link to an additional pod for you to check out with that. Number four, let go of chasing external approval. And I think we did a pod specifically on approval addiction, I want to say. It's all very much in tandem because when when you have a core disempowering belief of I am not enough, then what are we going to be doing? We're going to be constantly chasing anything that could make us enough or make us happy. So we go, maybe I should go to school. Maybe I should rack up all these degrees. Maybe then I'll be enough. Maybe then I'll be happy. Hmm. Maybe I need to be married. Maybe it's all about how... Uh, a partner sees me. So it's all wrapped up in your sexuality or your your sexual desire. If somebody finds me attractive, that must mean I'm valuable. Then I'll be happy. We put it in all sorts of different types of stock. But what it comes down to is if there's a missing element of I don't intrinsically believe in myself, all of those things will continue to be a chase and they'll continue to leave you somewhat empty. Like there might be some times when it's fulfilling, but overall, there's still that that lack of of genuine fulfillment. So you're kind of seeking external uh, approval for an interior problem. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So I've used this metaphor before that I, and I haven't I haven't talked about it for a while in the show. But I have a metaphor that I call the house metaphor. And it's basically like you are a house. And we spend like two weeks on this in Deep Down and Dirty. Like okay. we, Well, self-worth ends up being pretty much throughout the entirety of the program. But the idea is that if you visualize a house and you think of that as being representative of you, that this is me. I have all these various different rooms. Some are more pristine than others. There's some stuff I would want people to see, some people I wouldn't mm-hmm. want them to see. Stay out of the bedroom. Stay out. Don't look <laughs> in my bedside table. Uh, but so we that's us, right? Well, then you'll have all of these additions or subtractions. You have people who come into your life and they might leave a bag of shit on your porch. That's nice. It's thoughtful. <laughs> so the bag of shit is representative of criticism, 
rejection, people not loving you, breakups, people passing you up for job opportunities. It's all of those instances that carry uncomfortable emotions where we feel sadness or we might feel a sense of guilt. But then what we often do is we bring that shit into our house and we go, okay, now it's stinking up the place. Now it's, you know, you're bringing it in to your worthiness when you don't need to. Now, conversely, there are people who will leave gorgeous gifts on your porch. Sure. Now that's that, too. That's like people who are giving you approval, affirmations, love, acceptance, uh, honors, accolades, whatever it might be. So what I want you to understand is that neither those gifts or that those bags of shit affect the worthiness of the house. We just allow it to. Mm. We bring it in and say, we take that shit in instead of going, that sucks, that hurts. And a lot of this has to do with emotional intelligence, which we'll link to that that podcast as well. But recognizing this situation sucks. I don't suck. Oh, I got passed up for that job. That sucks. I get to I get to ball my eyes out. I get to experience sadness without making that mean that my house isn't worthy, mm-hmm. that I'm not valuable. And the same is true for those gifts. You get to experience how lovely it feels when someone gives you a compliment. You get to discern, do I want to bring that sort of an energy into my home or not? Now, you can bring that in for sure. It's kind of like having a nice candle or burning some incense or playing some nice music. It doesn't change the value of the house. Mm, That's a great, that's a great one. I like that. So I want you to think about that as you engage with uh, approval seeking. Mm -hmm. It's fine to accept compliments or to enjoy approval or acceptance. That's fine. But it's a very different thing if you are saying, I'm not valuable unless I get those things. That house is going to be valuable no matter what gets left on the porch. Right? So keep that in mind as you are looking at various ways in which approval comes up for you. Number five, surround yourself with wise counsel. This is huge. I'm sure you have all seen the incredible demonstration of where one person is standing on the floor, one person is standing on a chair, the person standing on the chair trying to pull someone up is extremely hard, right? Trying to pull that other person up gotcha. to you. Up to get on the chair with you. Yeah. Right. But the person on the ground to pull that person off the chair is really easy. Okay. So the metaphor is around positive and negative energies. So how it's so much easier when somebody is in a funk for you to catch that from them. Mm. It's a little harder to catch optimism. Like we tend to be more anchored in our pessimism, more anchored in our upset. But if you're diligent enough, you know, uh, so that's why it's so incredibly important that you are not fighting that, like trying to pull people up with you all damn day and them conversely pulling on you all damn day, checking in and making sure that you are surrounding yourself with everybody's up on that chair. Everybody's having a grand old time. That's that's our ideal. And we've done some podcast about getting rid of the takers in your life. We'll definitely link to that if you 
struggle with being surrounded by people who are not building you up. That's another one of the things that's so amazing about Deep Down and Dirty. And I had a couple of the students were talking about it today, about how much they love going on this journey together mm-hmm. and how they're all strangers. Everyone is a fucking stranger. I've right. never had anyone join together, like me and my bestie or me and my mom or never. Huh. So, but I've seen tons of friendships created. Absolutely. It's a bonding experience. It's I mean, vulnerable. As I like to say, we're not getting together to talk about knitting. We're not talking <laughs> about something superfluous or surface level. We're talking about shit that's really deep. Yeah. And they see a lot of connection and, and through lines between each other's stories. Is it deep? down and dirty it's deep down and dirty yeah. that's right yeah, yeah. so again if you're <laughs> if you're interested go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop that's your first place to start so surround yourself with wise counsel if you do find that that's a struggle take a listen to some of the additional resources that we'll put some other pods because i think that could be extremely helpful for you hmm. and finally number six is implement routines to help you keep an eye on the things that make you happy, the things that bring you fulfillment. And so this is a little different than the get out of the autopilot mode because this these are the routines we do want to start. These are the things that we want to habitualize and to make every single day. Sure. For example, I love doing my gratitudes before I get out of bed. So I'll stay in bed. I close my eyes. Sometimes I do it with meditation music. Sometimes I don't. But I love that ritual of just going through an arsenal of things I'm thankful for. At night, I always do a hypnosis track, but I switch up the hypnosis. So I will listen to you know different things depending on whatever it is that's going on with me. But those two elements are incredibly important for me to keep my eye on personal development. Sure, It's similar to learning a language. I'm sure you've heard somebody say like, oh, yeah, I learned Portuguese. And it was so incredible when I was actually in Portugal. I was like totally fluent. But now that I'm here in the States and I haven't been and I haven't used it, it's starting to get a little more sparse. Right. The same can happen for your relationship with your body, your relationship with money, your relationship with your partners. We have to keep an eye on it. We have to stay connected with it in some way in order for it to stay revived. Mm. So it's a fine line between figuring out what are the things that keep me in a rut because there could be personal development stuff that's keeping you in a rut. Yeah. You might need a new coach, a new therapist, uh, a new program to take, a new book, a new podcast, a new something like that that shakes you up, right? But I do think it's really important to implement those routines that do help you keep your eye on it. Yeah. That, that's that's maintenance, really. It can be daily journaling. Uh, it can be meditation, hypnosis. I'm obviously a huge fan of classes, books, programs. But paying attention to what are those things that really do keep me in the framework that I want to stay in, that keep me happy. Gratitudes are an easy one, super easy one. Doing something like the five-minute journal, you don't have to do lengthy things every morning or every night. But just small little pieces. And that's why in Deep Down and Dirty, a lot of the things that become the routine are very short. They don't, they don't take a lot of energy or a lot of focus because I want them to be stick withable, right? Yeah, like, stick withable. Yeah. 
So be careful too, because a lot of times those over planners or the recovering perfectionists out there will go, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I realized I have a value around health and wellness. I'm going to work out five days a week. I'm going to start a new raw diet. I'm going to get up early and I'm going to journal <laughs> and I'm going to take a new class. And then we do all of this new shit. And then we ultimately fail because we've stacked way too many cards against ourselves. And then we're all deflated because we can never follow through on anything. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not setting yourself up for success. So I want you to pick of all of these things that we've talked about, what is one small step that you can take? Is it doing some values work? Is it taking an inventory of the people who are in your life? Is it keeping in mind that house metaphor of when you're seeking out approval from others? Is it changing how you're speaking to yourself? Just pick one. Mm-hmm. Pick one and commit to focusing on it for the week. I like that. Quick little well, it's recap. It's overwhelming, right? Right. Yeah. And then it, this is not going anywhere. You can always write things down, come back, have things that you're going to be working on. That's one mean. of the reasons why – Deep Down and Dirty is so effective is because we we have accountability. There's a system to it. It's mm-hmm. not just willy-nilly, just I don't know what to work on. It's very formulaic. We do this, then we do this. Here's the tool. Here's the how it goes. All right, so quick recap. Number one, things to help you live a happy life. Number one, living in alignment with your values. Number two, getting out of autopilot mode. Number three, stop talking shit to yourself. Number four, let go of chasing external approval. Number five, surround yourself with wise counsel. Number six, implement routines to help you keep an eye on those things that bring you happiness. I think that's everything for today. Any other things you want to throw in the mix? No, I, you know, I was just listening. You yeah. know, just trying to take it all in because that's great information. I get worked up. Yeah, and I was like, well, time for time to just listen. It, <laughs> no, seriously, it... um. I like the idea because I I felt myself getting like, wow, this is a lot to do, right? So then you said, just pick one. And I was like, oh, thank God. Yes. (laughs) So uh, I hope that relieved some of you all out there too in that just pick one. You can always write these down and go back to one or go back to another. That's right. I, I like that idea. If you're not sure where to start, start where it hurts the most. Ooh, that's good. For example, example. exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a situation where quarantine is getting to you and it is autopilot, just start there. Yeah. Start with that. If it is, holy shit, I'm in such an unhappy marriage or I'm surrounded by family or friends and it's this wise counsel thing, start there. Start wherever it hurts the most. And I forbade you. From taking on more, start with just one and then move forward. All right? Hmm. There's no – personal development is not academia. You don't check them all off like – And then you graduate. Right. And yeah. then now you are you are self-actualized. It's not how it works. So you have reached nirvana. All right. So there you have it. We will see you around these parts next week. Don't forget to check out that workshop. See if Deep Down and Dirty is what you need. And we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. Out.